Hey there! Welcome to Imperfectly Pollyanna, a podcast where we have real and honest talk while finding the positive in the imperfections, whether in homeschool, faith, health, or overall life. I am your host, Courtney, a faith-filled homeschool mom of two, certified health coach, medical professional, and eternal optimist. This past weekend, my mom and dad were out of town, and since both he and our associate pastor were unable to preach for the Sunday service, I was asked to speak. (laughs) Funny but not so funny story is that when I was younger, I shared something from the platform at church that was on my heart and I felt led to share. I was fired up and I wanted to get the people moving in their pews and their lives. We had become complacent in our services, at least in my eyes, and I wanted to shake everyone, literally, but I knew I couldn't, but I wanted to shake them to have some sort of awakening. Everything I was sharing was going well until I made some sort of comment about, you need to get up off your butt. (laughs) And I heard my dad say, careful, or watch it, or something like that. And that has stuck in my head, and I have had this fear of messing up when speaking ever since. That being said... I did a whole lot of praying and ended up agreeing to speak. I decided I would bring you the same message that I shared because I do feel it is important and worth repeating, even if it's just for me to hear personally. If you're familiar with Moses from the Bible, he was taking care of his father-in-law's flock when the angel of the Lord came to him in a burning bush. Okay, talk about something that would catch you off guard, right? The Lord was calling Moses to go get his people out of Egypt. So that brings us to Exodus chapter 3. Now, I'm not going to read it word for word. You can go do that on your own. But Moses had five excuses as to why he couldn't do what he was told. How many times as parents have we heard excuses from our children as to why they couldn't get something done that we asked them to do several times, whether it's cleaning up their room or even getting ready for bed? How? Oh my goodness. Like all the stalling in the world, right? So Moses's first excuse was, You've got the wrong person. He said to God, who am I? It seems as though maybe he felt inadequate. I know I can relate to that as I have said several times that to myself, I have said, I'm not good enough or I have thought I wasn't holy enough. I felt that way just to go and speak at my church this past weekend, fear of saying the wrong thing. But God told Moses, I will be with you. That's all that matters. So then, and his second excuse was, I'm not ready. He said, what shall I tell them? Maybe he felt ill-informed. He didn't know if he would have all the answers to their questions. And guess what God did? He said, this is what you are to say. And then he proceeded to tell him exactly what he was going to say, which means that God will give you the message at the right time. His third excuse was, I might fail. Isn't that a fear? Like I have that fear with a lot of things or I have had that fear with a lot of things, especially with homeschooling. And I've heard that from several other people before too, afraid of just totally messing it all up. So Moses said, what happens if it all goes wrong? It it might not work out. What if they don't believe me or listen to me and they say, the Lord did not appear to you. I've seen that before on social media where there's so many people arguing about what was said, what wasn't said and you know, what the Bible says, and even people that don't even believe in the Bible are using, trying to use scripture. (laughs) And so, you know, Moses was worried. What, 
what happens if I say what you tell me to say and they don't believe me? But God's answer was to show Moses his power in Exodus chapter four, verses two to nine. He goes through, if, you've, if you're not familiar with it, he basically has him take this staff and he throws it on the ground. And it turns into a serpent. First of all, I don't do snakes. So um, that would have freaked me out. But then he showed him how then he picked it back up and it turned back into a staff. And then he put his hand into basically like his cloak and pulled it out and it was leprous. And then he had him put it back in and pull it back out and it was fine. So, wow. I mean, God was like, I got you. Then Moses had the fourth excuse, which was, I don't have the skills because he said, I don't have the right gifts. I've not ever been eloquent. I'm slow of speech and tongue. A lot of people believe that Moses seemed to have some type of a stutter or a form of speech difficulty. So he was worried about, you know, being an eloquent speaker. He didn't think that he could do it because he couldn't speak well. And God said, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say because God's strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. So then he gets to his fifth excuse, right? And I kind of see at this point that he's just whining, (laughs) but he says someone else will do it because he tells him, please send someone else to do it. It's easy to think someone else will do it better than me. We've thought that before. I've thought that before, like somebody else can do it better. Well, at that point, God was not very happy with Moses. In fact, he was angry with him at this point, which can you blame him? Five times now, Moses has had an excuse for why he can't do what he was called to do. But God said, here, I'll send Aaron to be with you and to help you speak the words. I'm going to tell you what to tell him and he will tell the people like, just just go do it. (laughs) So eventually Moses agreed to go God's way and follow the call. But then Was life easy peasy? Nope, not at all. In fact, things got worse before they got better. Moses and Aaron faced criticism and opposition from their own people. Moses even went back and complained to God that he had not yet done what he promised to do. And what happened? God still came through. In true biblical pattern, God's call and vision comes and then follows all the challenges and difficulties before you see the promise fulfilled. God's way is not always easy. It is challenging. But at the end of the day, it's wonderfully fulfilling. Why? Because God is God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not going to change on you. So there's a song um, that's out right now by Phil Wickham, and it's called The Battle Belongs. And I'm not going to read the whole thing to you or tell you the whole thing. You can go look it up yourself, but... It says, I do want to read a few things. It says, when all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. And then it goes on through the chorus and it says, so when I fight, I'll fight on my knees. With my hands lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet... I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. And I love this second verse. It says, when all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. When all I see is a cross, God, you see the empty tomb. I mean, that just makes me want to shout amen. 
Do you know who God is more than what you think you know? Truly ask yourself, do I know him intimately? When was the last time you sat down and read his word from beginning to end, contemplating the big picture? Because I think that it's so easy to get wrapped up into individual verses and scripture, but that's how things get taken out of context. We need to be able to see the big picture. And I say that as somebody that didn't always have that view, not that I thought that that view was a wrong view to have. It was just I had never contemplated it before. And then I started doing my Bible in one year app. And, you know, it goes through. I've talked about it before. It goes through wisdom, New Testament, Old Testament, does commentary, there's prayers. And it has just really opened up my eyes. I've began learning things that I either forgot or I never learned as a child, which is not a bad thing because we shouldn't expect children to literally know it all. That's one thing that I love about homeschooling because in the public school system, kids are expected to be kept in this box. They have to learn certain things at a certain age by a certain time or they're left behind or seen as being less than or what have you. Now, I know that not everybody believes that, but that's generally how it's viewed. And with homeschooling, it's more fluid. It's beautiful because we can learn at my kids' pace. We can move faster. We can move slower. We can learn about different things. We can repeat things to help sink it in. And that just has really shown me that or reiterated to me that whenever it comes to me learning things about the Bible, just because I didn't learn it as a kid doesn't mean that I have failed. (laughs) And it doesn't mean that I have to teach my kids all the things Because life is full of learning opportunities. Because of that, I'm now learning new things. And it's exciting. I text my dad regularly saying things things to him like, did you know yada, 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 or why in the world? I'm all about like talking about the Israelites and their craziness. And my dad, bless him. He is a good and patient man and a dad for putting up with all of my questions. Now, there is a study guide that I have... um, recently bought and it's from The Chosen which if you've listened to any of my other podcasts you know that I love them um, or I love that show and so there's a part in the study guide that it's talking about in regards to speaking with the Lord at the at the burning bush so whenever God gave Moses the order of go talk to the people it was a tall order the pharaohs of Egypt They weren't just kings. They were considered to be gods on earth. To stand in front of one and demand anything would have been a death sentence. But Moses, he had been in the presence of the one true God. He was an eyewitness and couldn't deny what he'd seen or neglect to do what he'd been told. See, Moses was called to serve the king of kings and to appeal to Pharaoh on his behalf. I am who I am was the name God gave himself. Why? Because it's limitless. And because no single word could ever capture the fullness of his character. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, which meant the guy who put Israel in chains was about to face off with the one who could squash him like a bug, and ultimately did. You fast forward about nine centuries when Isaiah was appealing to the nation of Israel on God's behalf, saying, You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. See, time and again, Israel had seen God's power on display in Egypt, through the Red Sea, and into the Promised Land. 
They'd seen God gather, protect, and provide in the most miraculous ways, but not just for their sake alone. As witnesses, they were to use their firsthand knowledge to testify to the character and very existence of the one true God, to appeal to the people around them who are worshiping false gods and believing things that just weren't true. That was the end game, just as it was when Jesus performed miracles. You are my witnesses. That's what is said in the scripture. Who are we, you and I, to stay silent about the things that he has done? What are we to tell them about who he is? What if they don't believe us or even worse, hate us because of him? Okay, friend, I have something that may shock you. The world will and does hate us because of him. That's something that will not change. If anything, it will get worse. We are not called to follow him in order to have an easier life. We're not called to follow him in order to be blessed beyond measure. Does he want to bless us? Yes. Will he bless us? Yes. But is that why we follow him? No. (laughs) A life following Jesus guarantees us eternity with him in heaven. But until then, we have the opportunity and responsibility to walk a path that is full of blessings and heartache. So what if we're not eloquent speakers? We don't know every single verse of the scripture along with all the ins and outs of history. Can't he just send somebody else? How many times have we thought, I know I have thought, like I've been hesitant to jump into a conversation with somebody. First of all, I don't really want to argue with somebody because if they're just wanting to argue to argue, that's a losing battle that I'm not willing to partake in. But there have been times where I think, man, I can't say anything because what if I get it wrong? What if I don't say it the right way? But see, that turns it into being about us. And it's not about us, but about who he is. It's not about us being eloquent, but doing our part to trust him, trust his plan, and step out in faith to reach the lost and reach them in love. He is who he says he is, and he's doing great things. When it comes down to it, he knows the big picture and will see it to completion, whether we are brave enough to take part in it or not. I have recently seen several um, videos from people that are participating in the Olympics that they have been giving glory and honor to God. There's um, a girl that ran the, that she set a world record for the 400 meter dash and she was from the U.S. And she said that like the day of the trials, Everything was going wrong, and she was starting to really worry about it, and she felt the Lord tell her, just focus on me, and that's what she did, and guess what? She set a new world record, and not by just a little bit, like by a very significant amount whenever it comes to running. So looking back at Moses, God told Moses, go, and Moses said, but what about, and he had excuses as to why he couldn't do what he was called to do. God had a plan. God was coming for his children to redeem them. He was coming and he was going to follow through with that, whether Moses said yes or not. So what did he do? He gave Moses the words, the tools and the help that he needed. It's easy to get wrapped up into the world and what's going on. We can find ourselves wrapped into social media and scrolling for hours. Have you ever felt yourself doing that? Scrolling for hours and then it gets our heart rates up. We were reading, we're reading posts and comments with arguments. And they're not just arguments. They're arguments with strangers. What if we spent that same amount of time, instead of reading words, 
of strangers and posts and news stories and all that? What if we spent that same amount of time reading the words that have and will change lives? See, as a pastor's kid, I grew up in the church. I heard the Bible stories. I knew the answers. And that's not saying that in a cocky way. I really did know the answers to what was being taught in the children's church and the youth group because they were the same thing that I've heard all my life. So I knew the answers to the questions and I love Jesus. I have always loved Jesus. I've seen the miracles. I've encountered the demon possessed. I've also questioned God. I've questioned his love for me. I've been so angry because it seemed as though he had forgotten me, as though he had abandoned me. And also I failed him time and again. I can't tell you how many times I've cried out and asked God to just take it all away, take away the pain, the discouragement, the confusion. When we find ourselves at the crossroads, and sometimes there are several because, let's face it, life is not just one straight path. We have choices. We can depend on ourselves. After all, isn't that one of the trending things nowadays? Not needing anyone and only depending on yourself to get to the top and get things done. There's this moment, though, that when God allows opportunities for us to make the decisions to turn one way or turn towards him and oh, how he wants us to choose him. He has the answers. He has the desire to pull us out of slavery, to pull us into his arms and provide, guide, protect, and more than anything, love us. Simon in the Bible, he was a fisherman and his life depended on his ability to catch and sell fish. When he was at the end of his rope and all seemed lost because they weren't catching fish, he was ready to throw in the towel. He was panicking. I mean, that was his livelihood. How was he going to provide? How were they all going to provide for themselves and their families? And right whenever they were ready to throw in the towel, what happened? Jesus stepped in and he provided the miracle that they needed. Simon asked what he wanted from him and, and he told Jesus. He said, anything you ask. And Jesus said, follow me. And what did he do? He followed him. Mary Magdalene had seven spirits come out by the command of the Lord. And with that, despite any type of struggles she had from there on out, she faithfully followed and served him to the end. Matthew was a tax collector. He was hated by his own people. I can't say that I blame them. I mean, I'd be mad at the tax collector too. Who really likes taxes? (laughs) Well, other than the people that benefit from them, right? But when Jesus called Matthew to follow him, he did. I imagine that the longer each person that had been called by Jesus as they followed and got to know him more and more, their faith and belief in him grew. Just because they took the steps to follow when he called didn't mean they became perfect. They likely struggled with the same human struggles we have today, but their allegiance to him grew as they followed. They saw and learned of his compassion for the lost. They became witnesses to his miracles and his words of wisdom, guidance, and authority, With each story in the Old and New Testament, we see accounts of people having an encounter with God and then making a decision to follow and spread the word or turn from him and pay the consequences. The people of Israel were a hot mess. They really were. With every story of inspirational moves of the Lord, there are stories of the people just blatantly doing the wrong thing. Not only did they do the wrong thing, but they did horrific things. We're talking sacrificing their own children, killing pregnant women, murdering, hate, stealing, all the things. There were lies, political fallouts, countries fighting, 
Even the religious leaders were divided on the laws, fighting for power and creating division by trying to put down each other instead of focusing on the whole reason for serving God to begin with. Does that sound familiar? Some people say that Jesus never claimed to be God, that he was a good man and a powerful teacher, a humanitarian and an example we should follow, but his followers added the divine part. Incorrect. Not only were there witnesses to his miracles, he also identified himself the way God did to Moses. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. It's not a question of whether or not Jesus claimed to be God. Old Testament context makes it clear that he did, which is why the religious leaders wanted to kill him. As God's chosen people, we are to serve the one true king and worship him alone. And then, then we are to testify on his behalf, to share our knowledge and experience of God with others, to declare that nothing we can do can save us from the consequences of sin. No amount of striving or attaining can satisfy our souls. And no other relationship but the one we have with Jesus can usher us into the kingdom of heaven. And then it says we are to testify on his behalf. Now in the show, The Chosen, there's a scene where John the Baptist, well, where Nicodemus is visiting John the Baptist in prison. And um, John the Baptist says, make straight the way for the king. He is here to awaken the earth, but some will not want to waken. They're in love with the dark. Y'all, this world is full of people in love with the dark because that's all they've ever known and don't know any other way to be. Yet, God created them. He knew where they would be in this moment. He has always known we would be in this place at this time. He knew you would be listening to this episode today. We are all hot messes, (laughs) just like the Israelites. This world is full of those who make the wrong decisions, do horrific things, and it may seem that evil is prevailing. But God, just as he called Moses to go and be a witness to Pharaoh so that his people may be set free, just as he called the Israelites out of slavery so they may be witnesses to his power, just as he called the disciples to follow him despite their backstory, he still calls us today. He calls us, me and you, to be witnesses, to spread the message of hope, the message of forgiveness, redemption, healing. He's not asking us to just go do it. Like I said earlier, it is not about us, but about who he is. It is not for his sake, but ours that he sent his son to show God's power and love on earth. Now, does this mean that we should run out on social media and argue with every single person who says anything against Christianity or God? Does it mean we shout it out at the world and tell them that they're sinning and they need to turn from their wicked ways while pointing out all the ways they are in the wrong? I'm not sure shouting has ever done anything for getting a point across. Unless you're at a music concert and need to talk to someone or cheer on the performance. But what I am sure about is this. Now is not the time for us to be weak or silent. Now is not the time for us to waver in our trust in him. The same God who sent Moses, provided for him, plagued the Egyptians, delivered the Israelites... The same God who called each disciple to follow him and spread the good news. That same God calls us today to step out in faith, trust him, be his witnesses, and reach the lost. We need to be strong, take courage, and dig deep into him. We won't know how to do that if we're going off what we learned about God as a child. 
We need to spend time with him in order to know him on a deeper level. You wouldn't call someone a best friend that you only spoke to on holidays and weekends. You wouldn't be able to have a strong marriage if you only talked about yourself or chatted when you felt like it. God has called us by name. He is the same yesterday as in the Old Testament, the New Testament, when we were young, even last year. He is the same today. He is the same forever. His love never falters. His desire for all to know him is still happening today. What are we doing to help that come to fruition? Are we talking to him on a daily basis? More than a prayer before bed or before we lose it on our kids? Are we wringing our hands and worry about the evils of the world, focusing on the latest news stories, drowning ourselves in fear? Or are we stepping out in faith and speaking up, loving people enough to bring them? We have to love them enough to bring them to know the Lord and have a relationship with him. Are we inviting them to follow him? Are we leading our children in a way that allows them to truly know God gain their own relationship with him, and not allow the world to determine the path that they walk on? Are we being his witnesses? The time is coming when Jesus will return, and I am so looking forward to that. But until that happens, we still have a job to do. We have a responsibility to constantly build our own relationship with God, as well as bring others to know him. It is time to stand up. The world will get worse, but this is not surprising to the Lord. As the children's song said, do you remember it? It says, he's got the whole world in his hands. Well, he has you and me, and he calls us to keep going. Keep trusting that he will provide. He always has. He has never failed you, even when you felt that way. He doesn't change based on our feelings at the moment. And he expects us to do our part in spreading the news. All we need to do is follow him and his command of loving him and loving others. He will take care of the rest. And isn't that such a relief? I'm hoping this podcast finds those needing encouragement, support, and community. If that's you, you found a friend. Hi. If you know of someone who would enjoy being a part, I'd love for you to share this episode with them. Make sure you're following Imperfectly Pollyanna on the platform you're listening to this on, as well as come and follow me on Facebook or Instagram so you know when the next episode goes out and we can chat and get to know each other better. I hope you'll continue showing up as we find the good together. Remember, you are loved, and I am so glad you're here. See you next time.